Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. You ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourself up. I told that five-story building. You setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control business and industry, and put that pulls in your money, and hold that money, and as a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces eight, 12 or 13 times what leads. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor, the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75, 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you. And O'Reilly, they can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you don't have a, you don't have an economic base. Fifty-one percent of all the prisons in the United States are black people. You know, you know, you only make up twelve percent of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're gonna go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you gonna do in response to them when they when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're gonna go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're gonna march. March for what? Who cares? Marches never changed anything. If white immigrants can come to this country 50 years ago with nickels and dimes and no education and come here and pool their little nickels and dimes and no education and set up little stores, develop these stores into larger stores, develop this into an industry which creates job opportunities for whites. Since Lincoln was supposed to have freed the black man 100 years ago and today the black man, according to the government economist, has spending power of $20 billion per year. We feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not setting up any businesses, not creating any industry, not creating any job opportunities for his own kind, he's not in a moral position 
to point the finger today at the white man and tell the white man that he's discriminating against him for not giving him a job in factories that he has he himself set up. If the black man has $20 billion, and these so-called Negro leaders are such geniuses that they can integrate white restaurants and integrate white factories and integrate, force themselves into that which the white man has set up, they should use this same ingenuity to show the black people how to pool our wealth and set up something of our own. And then we won't have to force our way into his anymore. One more thing I would like to point out concerning what he said about 125th Street. We don't waste our time on 125th Street, but you can reach more people in the street who want to change than you can in the bourgeoisie society, the bourgeoisie church, and the bourgeoisie circles. We, our program is directed toward the man in the street. So we spend our time in the street, and what we do with that man, instead of trying to change the white man in your mind and make, up, make you accept us, we change the mind of the black man and make him accept himself. And as soon as he accepts himself, He'll solve his own problem. He won't be trying to force himself into your factory and into your bedroom and into your kitchen.
And welcome to another edition of It's My House and Today's Podcast is Settled. In the United States of America, crap is king. We just love dirty laundry. Live stream number 619-768-2945. Once again, 619-768-2945. I'm, I'm a... We've been following some trending news for the last uh, almost month. And, man, it's just too much bad news for me. I'm going to have to tweak. Tweak a system where we we have good news uh, or take the bad news and turn it into good news. This past week, we've been uh, focusing on what the Starbucks debacle up in – Philadelphia, and the week before that, Stephon Clark uh, debacle out in Sacramento, California. So um, we just gobbled up. Just gobbled up. Uh, let me see. And just to end the week on. Oh man, wait a minute. Okay. Um, now, hopefully these audios will play, because I was looking for these yesterday. But speaking about Crappers King, bad news, we just love to eat it up. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to end this week with the um, Starbucks thing. I'm going to put out some, just to get my thoughts on it and see if we can turn it around. I mean, plant seeds to turn things around. Um, but anyway. Uh, the first audio I'm, I'm going to play uh, because <clears throat> they they've made the Starbucks debacle in Philadelphia a race thing. So everything we live in a universe of cause and effect. So well, I'm going to play an audio of the what you know jump jump started this whole thing off. How may I help you? Hi, I have two gentlemen in my cafe that are refusing to make a purchase or leave. Um, I'm at the Starbucks at 18th and Spruce. All right, please, I'll be honest as possible. Thank you. Bye. Hey, man, the disturbance at the Starbucks group of males inside causes a disturbance. We got 9 by 3, 9 by 23, and 2 4 location. They're requesting another unit along with a supervisor. Me and 23 and 24 in the headquarters. And uh, 9, 13, going to be transporting. I went for I got two males. Uh, last three are going to be 107. All right, that was the 911 from the Starbucks manager to the police. Now, I don't know how this turned into a where I know how it turned into a race thing, but there was no mention of race in the call to the police. Absolutely zero mention of race in the call to the police. She didn't say, I got two black guys. She didn't say there are two niggas that won't, don't want to leave. No, no racial slurs, no mention of race, no mention of color in that call. Zero. 
somewhere along the line, somebody in mainstream media, because, you know, you got people that picked up this stuff, got a hold of it and made it a racial issue. Because in Center City, Philadelphia, and, I, and I've, I've, I've stayed at, you know, hotels in Center Phil, uh, Philadelphia, the business there is very multicultural and very diverse, just like any big city that size, like New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Maine, you know, those places. <clears throat> um, and um, all that manager was doing, because they have a store policy. The, the managers didn't make up the store policy. She was just enforcing store policy. All right. And we don't know the whole setting. And on top of that, there were other black people at that Starbucks at that same time. So on that call, you didn't hear her say, um, there's a bunch of black people in here, or all the black people in here are not doing, you know, not, not um, patronizing the place. None of that. But it's interesting that they they single out uh, the media, whoever got this, whoever threw out the race card. They single out um, the two black guys and just blow it up because that place serves hundreds of black customers every single day of the week. That same Starbucks has black employees. That same Starbucks has black shift managers. For some reason, we in America love crap. We love bad news. All right, let's go to, um, like I say, and it, I'll, I'll play it again. I didn't hear anything, no mention of color or race. Hey, how may I help you? Hi, I have two gentlemen on my cafe that are refusing to make a purchase or leave. Um, I'm at the Starbucks at 18th and Spruce. Now, that's interesting. She said, I have two gentlemen. Two gentlemen. That's what she called them. Her voice was not as agitated. She, her feathers didn't seem ruffled or whatever. And I'm pretty sure in Center City, Philadelphia, and that's a downtown area of, of uh, Philadelphia, I'm pretty sure she has had to remove or ask other people to leave. Most people leave when you ask them to leave. And, I'm, and maybe in some cases she's, you know, because part of her training is don't don't escalate a situation, you know, call the police. And that's what she did. But let's listen to her tone of voice. Was there any mention of color or race? And this this nine eleven call. Hey, how may I help you? Hi, I have two gentlemen in my cafe that are refusing to make a purchase or leave. Um, I'm at the Starbucks at 18th and Spruce. All right, please, I'll be on as soon as possible. Thank you. Bye. There is a disturbance at the Starbucks group of males inside. Cause the disturbance. We got nine by three, nine two, nine by twenty three, and two four location. They're requesting another unit along with a supervisor. Me and 23 and 24 to headquarters. And uh, 913 is going to be transporting. 914. I got two males. Uh, last three are going to be 107. All right, there it was again. If you heard something racial or racist, 
Let me know. I, I, I didn't hear it. Okay, we're going to go to now. So the 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 manager who made that call has been demonized for enforcing Starbucks policy. They did not purchase anything. Okay, and she asked him to leave. The moment that you give notice orally or in writing, she does orally. You are then trespassing. They refused to leave, so she called the police on to trespass. So you got a bunch of people mad at her, and then you have a bunch of people mad at the police. Matter of fact, I might play it here today. The police commissioner of Philadelphia is a black man. And yeah, matter of fact, I will play his audio a little bit later. But due to this people playing the black card, the black privilege card, he has been made the backpedal on his comments. And he was just doing his job. But anyway, before I get to him, let's go to another clip from um, – because yesterday the podcast was called Starbucks, Corporate Hijack, and that's what's happening. They're being shut down for money. And see, the thing is, how does this relate to the ranking file person that might be listening to this podcast? This could happen to you. Looking forward to the opportunity to spend some time with the mayor. Today, a meeting to make things right. Starbucks CEO meets with the mayor and schedules a sit-down with the two men arrested inside a center city Starbucks. Many are calling the coffee house cuffing a clear example of racial profiling. Ain't nobody gonna turn us around. And clergy from the community pledge their support to the two men they say were wrongfully arrested. A staged sit-in at Starbucks this afternoon united people of all faiths for a common cause. We've also learned the manager of that Rittenhouse Square Starbucks no longer works there. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jessica Dean. And I'm Yuki Washington. We have Team 3 coverage on the fallout. Alexandria Hoff is live in Rittenhouse Square, and Alicia Nieves is at City Hall, where the CEO of Starbucks had a meeting this afternoon. Alicia, let's start with you. Yuki in his meeting here with the mayor, we tried to ask the CEO of Starbucks if that Rittenhouse Square manager was fired or if she resigned. He did not answer that question along with many others. Four days after this controversial incident inside a Rittenhouse Square Starbucks, where two black men were arrested as they were waiting for a friend. What do we want? What do we want now? Protests continue. Now the CEO of the Seattle-based coffee house has flown into Philadelphia. This afternoon, he walked inside City Hall. Is there anything you want to say to the Starbucks customers here in Philadelphia? The head of the company in controversy silent as he arrived for a meeting with the police commissioner and mayor. A lot of the people protesting are people local to this community. They really would like to hear from you directly. Despite repeated questions, CEO Kevin Johnson would not say a word about the controversial Starbucks arrest or his plans in the city. That is, until we explain to him this long walk of silence may further upset those already outraged. Kevin, we don't want to put you in a bad light, but you not saying anything kind of is the only thing we'll have for viewers, and a lot of them want to hear from you directly with you coming to the city. Well, we're looking forward to the opportunity to spend some time with the mayor and uh, other elected officials this afternoon. So thank you very much. 
And coming up at 6, we'll show you what that CEO of Starbucks uh, end up, ended up saying at the end of this 30-minute meeting with the mayor. We'll also uh, tell you what the mayor had to say himself, how he felt that meeting went. For now, live in Center City, Alicia Nieves, CBS 3 Eyewitness News. All right, Alicia, thank you. Welcome to Dizan Shira and Associates series of podcasts. My name is Cynthia. With me today is Chet, International Business Advisory Manager here in our Beijing office. Dizan Shira and Associates is a specialist foreign direct investment practice providing corporate establishment, business advisory, tax advisory and compliance, accounting, payroll, due diligence, and financial review services. You know what? Before I play this next audio, um, let me let me set it up for you. Yesterday we did a podcast on Starbucks. It was titled Starbucks, um, the Anatomy of a Corporate Hijack. And that's how I see the situation at Starbucks. I personally believe that the whole thing with these, these two uh, black gentlemen, um, it was staged. It was staged. Because once again, um, Starbucks, has hundreds of black people employed at various levels of their company um, from baristas to contractors to shift managers to the chief operating officer who's a black they have a very diverse uh, employment right that's number one Number two, where this took place in Center City, Philadelphia, and I've been to City of Philadelphia several times. I've stayed there, attended conferences there, uh, dined there, hung out there. I know Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, it's like any other big city um, place, particularly on the East Coast. Uh, very diverse. And, you know, when you have when you're in a large city with a large population and it, you know, it's just dense, you have <clears throat> the businesses uh, because if you don't regulate who goes in and out of your business doors, all right, you'll have homeless people that will come on there and mess up the bathroom. Um, you'll have, um, and that's bad enough as it is. Um, you have people that will come there and sleep in there during business hours. So you have to regulate it, all right? So in this case, you know, um, matter of fact, before we even get to this case, they, I'm sure, area of Center City, at this particular Starbucks, as well as every Starbucks practically in a large city, has had to ask people to leave because the uh, bathroom facilities, which they try to keep pristine clean, are for paying customers. All right. Particularly at peak hours, whatever those peak hours might be at for that particular location. All right. Now, case 
it's just too perfect. It's, it's too seamless. Where two guys, which in my opinion, if you're a black man, I'm a black man, in the United States, and somebody has asked you to leave the exchange, I don't, to me, my own person, I don't ask why. It's a private business. You, for whatever reason, ask me to leave. I'm packing my shit, and I'm leaving. I'm not waiting for the police or any government agency to get involved in my business. Because once they get involved, it's no longer your business. So, in my opinion, they, they were really taking their life in their hands. When you look at all these homicides that have gone left involving mostly black men, because just last week we were talking about Stephon Clark. All right. You don't know who might be walking in who's got PTSD on a police force. And then he might hear a flyer fart and then they'll take out his gun and shoot you. So I believe those two gentlemen, and they were probably motivated by greed. <clears throat> and they, in my opinion, they had an entitlement attitude. But because you were asked to leave. Only when you refused to leave did the Starbucks manager who was enforcing policy call the police. So I played that twice and we didn't hear anything about two black guys who tried to cause some problems, two niggas. We didn't hear none of that. And there were other black people at the store. Now, there was somebody sitting in the class. Well, we all got phones these days that can take video. So conveniently, Somebody took video and didn't show any other black people that were at the Starbucks in Center City, Philadelphia. You can't tell me no other black people were at that Starbucks at that exact same time. They didn't ask them to leave. And the media jumps Oh, and then just as they were getting handcuffed, a white savior comes in that was supposed to meet them. What were they, you know, this, that, or the other? Attempting to hold court at Starbucks. You don't hold court at Starbucks. You hold court in court. And before he got there, these gentlemen, once again, in my belief, very stupid. The police asked you to leave three times. And you didn't leave. Now, I saw, just as a sidebar, some years ago, I was at a bus station um, in a major city, well, Washington, D.C., to be exact. And I was waiting on a bus to, you know, go someplace about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, real cold out there. And there was this guy who happened to be black, and a police officer happened to be black. Uh, The police officer asked this gentleman to leave. And the guy refused to leave. And then he asked him two more times to leave. The cop was very polite, very professional. He refused. As a matter of fact, the more times this cop asked him to leave, the more this guy, who just happened to be black, he got belligerent. And he had got aggressive and started to strike out towards the guy. I was sitting, I was sitting about maybe 30 feet away. Watching all this at the Greyhound bus station in Washington, D.C. And long story short, 
because he was the cop was really being uber patient with this guy. I'm looking at it. You know what? This guy probably was homeless, was hungry, didn't have a place to stay. It was cold as I don't know what that night, and he probably started some shit with the cop to get arrested so he can go get in out of the elements and get three hots in the cot for like a couple, two, three days until, you know, whatever. That's how I interpret that one. Okay. But these guys were asked three times by the police to leave. They didn't leave. I'm suspect because if you're a black man, why subject yourself over that? You've been asked a total four times. You got somebody filming the whole thing. The person who films this whole scenario does not pan or or scan uh, in a video, does not take any video of the other black people that happen to be in Starbucks at the exact same time. How convenient. And then, of course, these days with social media, you just put it on social media. And play and put the race card in it, and then we, which I call black privilege, and then you got black white liberal people backpedaling. In my opinion, the CEO of Starbucks, who claims he owns this, I think he made a a, a corporate boo boo. Although, at first I agreed with, don't press charges, no enforcement. People was were, were, were uh, um, they didn't they 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 because when the police come they're gonna listen to both sides of the story and then they're gonna make a judgment call on whether there's probable cause. I didn't say innocent or guilt. I said probable cause for arrest. They had probable cause for arrest. And Starbucks had had you know had, had a right. Then the DA looks at it and then the DA decides. What are they going to press charges? I would have pressed charges. Set the tone. You don't come in my business and do what you want to do. You don't dictate policy. I do. And for people that might disagree with me, think about your business. If somebody comes in your store and you want them to leave, or somebody comes into your private home and you want them to leave, who are you going to let allow set policy? You or the person that refuses to leave. Because once you've been like that, then you open up the floodgates to people to take advantage of. So that's why I'm calling this whole thing. To me, it looks like a corporate trick now. Anyway, so this next audio I'm playing deals with corporate hijacking because that's what I believe is happening. And these two gentlemen hired, matter of fact, and you probably had one on standby an attorney for this case. So, it, you know, Starbucks is getting shaken down. All right, so this next audio is on corporate hijack. Sorry, how may I help you? Hi, I have oh, to... wait a minute. That's the wrong audio. Uh, ooh, here it is. Welcome to Dizan Shira and Associates series of podcasts. My name is Cynthia. With me today is Chet, International Business Advisory Manager here in our Beijing office. Dizan Shira and Associates is a specialist foreign direct investment practice providing corporate establishment 
business advisory, tax advisory and compliance, accounting, payroll, due diligence, and financial review services to multinationals investing in emerging Asia. Since its establishment in 1992, the firm has grown into one of Asia's most versatile full-service consultancies with operational offices across China, Hong Kong, India, Singapore, and Vietnam, in addition to alliances in Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, and Thailand, as well as liaison offices in Italy, Germany, and the United States. Today, we'll be talking about corporate hijacking. Chet, why don't you tell us about what is corporate hijacking and why is it important for foreign investors? Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, Fraud is a common subject uh, of discussion in China, but not so common is the subject of corporate hijacking. But it's still prevalent. Corporate hijacking is a problem in China, and it's something foreign investors need to be aware of uh, in addition to the traditional regular corporate fraud. Corporate hijacking is very different than corporate fraud in the sense that it's a a very open and overt seizure of control of the company's corporate legal structure, whereas traditional corporate fraud is a more subtle uh, secret thing that uh, is done discreetly. So that's the difference between the two, uh, and yet both are very important for foreign investors to be aware of here in China. Thank you, Chet. Can you tell us about the anatomy of corporate hijacking and how can foreign investors avoid it when operating in China? The anatomy of a corporate hijacking is very important to think about in order to answer the second part of your question, uh, how can foreign investors foreign investors avoid it? So there are certain control points in a corporate structure that allow uh, someone to seize control of the legal structure. Uh, and those control points typically are the physical chops of the company, the corporate chops or seals. Uh, another control point is uh, key positions in the company, such as being the legal representative or other senior manager. Another control point is related to the finances of the company. And one is just who is the accounting firm or audit firm, and also who is registered as having access to the bank accounts. And there are some other control points in the company, too. For instance, obviously, the person who controls access to the facilities or the premises of a company, that would be a control point. Uh, And also, there are certain critical assets besides the facilities. There may be equipment. There may be VAT, FAPIAO printers. So being aware of these control points and uh, who is managing those control points is the key to avoiding a corporate hijacking. So corporate hijacking is more likely to occur in certain circumstances, perhaps where new management is coming into the company and wants to conduct a review of the finances, and maybe local managers fear that some uh, malfeasance, some uh, uh, poor practices may come to light. They may react defensively. Also, if somebody is being considered for termination and they're aware of that, they may react defensively. They may seek to try to... um, Seize one of these control points, the company chops, uh, the financial records or who is maintaining them, the bank account. They may choose to use their control or their access to those control points to, to seize control of the legal structure of the company and then maybe use that as leverage to negotiate uh, severance pay, higher severance pay, or, or some other kind of benefit uh, in anticipation perhaps of them being fired or terminated. That's the anatomy of a corporate hijacking, and those are the control points. And uh, It's important for foreign investors to understand those control points so that they can prevent them from being seized and then used for leverage for some kind of benefit. 
So the other thing to think about uh, here, and it's mentioned in the article, uh, Anatomy of a Corporate Hijacking, is just that uh, unlike in Western companies and business contacts, it's very difficult to fire somebody here in China. So this is an exacerbating factor that makes a corporate hijacking more difficult to manage. Rather than being able to immediately terminate and uh, remove somebody from a key position in a Chinese corporation, uh, there may need to be a a very uh, carefully orchestrated uh, termination and severance because if it's not done properly, there can be legal ramifications for firing the employee without cause. Also, if the person has the key role of uh, legal representative, even though they may be fired and even removed from, say, the company's premises, they're still in the corporate records on public file with the Chinese uh, Administration of Industry and Commerce, There's, that person will still be on file as a legal representative and uh, ostensibly have the full power and authority to bind the company. So understanding how to terminate somebody consistent with Chinese uh, labor law and also um, terminating somebody uh, in a way that they are removed from the public records as legal representative as quickly as possible are two other key factors to keep in mind to prevent a company from being hijacked. Thank you very much, Chet. Your insight on this topic is very valuable. Thank you for joining us today. For further insight into regional economic environment in Asia, please visit our publishing subsidiary Asia Briefing at www.asiabriefing.com. Here you can find news, commentary, magazines, guides, multimedia, and more, which help guide foreign investment in emerging Asia. All right, so the control point with Starbucks, uh, in this case uh, with the corporate hijacking, in my opinion, is that they're using a race card. They're using a race card. Because for whatever reason, we're in an age of political correctness. Uh, unfortunately, with some black people, not all black people, African American, um, you throw out the race card and uh, people backpedal. The commissioner, the police commissioner of Philadelphia, who is a black man, um, he's backpedaled. He's backpedaled. He he um, yesterday, were almost the polar opposite of his original comments. Uh, because the police, and see this, you know what, this playing the race card, I mean, there are times when the race card, as a matter of fact, you shouldn't play it, in my opinion. But if black African-Americans, because see, you don't have no Nigerian-Americans, Jamaican-Americans, Barbasian-Americans, Ethiopian-Americans, Kenyan-Americans, you don't None of them have this. It, it comes down to, for some reason, on a critical mass basis, it's the African Americans who are playing this race card. And if you keep on crying wolf, see, when you really need the police, okay, this is an airlifted story. This, this story is out in the public because there's a PR firm being paid well to keep this story out front, which is another reason why this is a corporate hijack. 
Okay. If you, but there's a because there's a lot of people that are being asked today. Put it crazy. Today there's a lot of people that will be asked to leave Starbucks, McDonald's, Denny's, KFC, uh, Chinese carryouts, WalMarts, across grocery stores, convenience stores. There are people every day that are asked to leave, and they do. Every day, there are people that are asked to leave, and for whatever reason, they don't. And every day, there are people that have somebody that has refused to leave, and they now have become trespassers. They call the police, and the police come, and they get they arrest these people. Every day, people get arrested for trespassing. But this story got on the radar because a PR firm makes sure it got out there. That's all part of how a corporate shakedown works. Okay. So one of the points I want to make is this. You keep on crying wolf that you're being picked on and racially profiled and white supremacy this and white supremacy that when you really need the police one day, you're going to be left out, ass out. 407, the mic is open. Good morning, L.A. It's a nice cloudy day in Florida, and um, this is Viata with Soul Purpose Healing. Um, you know, Robin Roberts, I think her name, Good Morning America, interviewed those two guys, and uh, it was enough to just make you cry that these poor victims, that she she had such a, oh, poor, you poor victims. The whole interview was just so weird to me that these guys, these guys almost, it almost looks like they're being used, like they're pawns or something, because they, they seem are. like they really didn't have a clue. Well, what was going? They're, oh, well, yeah, this is what being, happened. Yeah, they are being used. Yeah, so I, I agree with you 100. Yeah, they I, are being used. I think, I think if if anybody watches her in Robin Roberts' interview, it's kind of pitiful that if we don't see through that, how CNN and all the major media is continuing this victim, you poor victims, look what happened to you, and so you know, just promoting the whole uh, entitlement attitude. And oh, and these guys were like, okay, yeah, we're gonna play along with this, and they they seem like they're kind of immature and 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 feeling like, well, I'll just play along with this, but I don't really know what to do, type attitude. Well, you know, I so, saw that I, same, I saw that same interview, I saw that same interview, and what's interesting in this interview that really nobody's talking about it, but it, it's in the interview. The the one of the guys said. Um, he acknowledged that there were rules and there's policy, but he says, you know, there's also right, I'm paraphrasing, right and wrong. So basically, he ignored the, they ignored the policy. And whatever their interpretation of right or wrong is, that's what they, that's called entitlement. Those two guys have an entitlement attitude. That's what, and an entitlement attitude is what is going to get, maybe not those two. 
but some other people killed. And so I want to I want to I want to suggest a new thought here. I want to suggest okay. a new thought as going forward. Soul purpose healing mentality is that we start looking at these situations from uh, an um, an energetic point of view. For instance, the manager I think was in fear. It wasn't race at all and ignorance. We we need to identify these situations for what they really are. Ignorance number one and fear. In this case, I really believe, having been a manager myself of a retail store, that she was probably in fear about what these men were planning or what they might do or how they might disrupt her in peaceful managing environment. Fear is like she wanted to change the atmosphere of having two men sitting there doing nothing. So, And then the, air, the ignorance that, that is going about our country now with people promoting this division and more fear and more race card is ignorance. Because if we really knew, like the teaching we got yesterday from Peter, if we really understood what was going on, we would be more knowledgeable, more intelligent about the whole thing and realize it's all a game that they're playing, trying to divide us. Because until we come together collectively as a, as a people, and, re- and be in unity about the, the who is the real enemy here. You know, our government is psychopathic, bombing eight countries, and then corporations are in cahoots and all that. It's not the man- manager needs to pay her rent. The employees at Starbucks have jobs because they have bills to pay. They want to raise, feed their families. We forget about the, the power we have as people because we let the media and and uh, the government uh, hype up all this fear and division, and we need to just look at it for what it is. Ignorance and fear are at work in uh, in seems like in these type situations. Well, speaking of the manager, let, let, I'm gonna play it back again. Let's listen to the manager's phone call. Hey, how may I help you? Hi, I have two gentlemen in my cafe that are refusing to make a purchase or leave. Um, I'm at the Starbucks at 18th and Spruce. Please help me out as soon as possible. Thank you. Bye. Hey, there's a disturbance at the Starbucks group of mail. This side calls a disturbance. We got 9 by 3, 9 by 23, and 24 location. They're requesting another unit along with a supervisor. Me and 23 and 24 in the headquarters. And uh, 9, 13, is going to be transporting. I want four. I got two mails. Uh, last three are going to be 107. All right, so that was the phone call. Um, she didn't. I didn't hear. The, I didn't hear nobody. I didn't hear any reference towards color or race. Um, and you know, it's kind of like you know, if you heard about this, not to get off the subject, but this Southwest Airlines pilot, the recording of her landing this plane that lost its engine. She was so calm. It was like, wow, I almost was crying for the people inside the airplane because of the situation that they were in. A woman had got sucked out the window, and they had to pull her in. Here's the the pilot calmly just said, we have a problem here. It's not on fire. We just lost part of our plane. And we had, that's what that manager sounded like, very calm, but I bet there was some fear in her mind about what was going on in her environment, just like that pilot. Who who wouldn't be in fear or concern? But she handled it 
perfectly. The woman needs to be hugged yeah. and kissed landing a plane that had no engine. And yet the manager at Starbucks, you, she sounds very calm, but she's because she's calling in to 911 and she doesn't want, oh my God, I got these two niggers in here and then I'm afraid, I'm afraid. No, she's going to be calm about it. She's a manager. That's what good managers do, whether they're pilots or managers. They stay calm in the situation. Right, and I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Matt, that's another mistake. I, she still might be with, with, with the company, but um, I, if, and I, I'm not, not in the mind of the, the Starbucks CEO, but um, I, I'd back up the manager 100%. I mean, I would move it to another location due with all this, this press out here. But you don't throw employees under the uh, under the bus, particularly when they, because she she was basically enforcing the store policy. Because when you go in Starbucks, you know we like clean bathrooms for for paying customers. All right, um, we like the free Wi-Fi for paying customers. Okay. So, like I say, these guys um, four times in uh, in that that nine uh, eleven call, um, you know, they even called a supervisor out to the, to the location. So they called the supervisor, and once again, they have probable cause. But you got people that are mad at the manager at Starbucks for doing her job. You have people mad at uh, Starbucks in general, and then you have mad people mad at the Philadelphia, because a lot of the local politicians are politicizing this. All right. So anyway, I think that's all part of the corporate hijacking. Uh, let's see, three three six. Your mic is open. Three three six. Your mic is open. Yes, we can hear you. Uh, greetings, and how are you this new day? Good. I'm good on this new Excellent. Greetings, Sister okay. Viata. We'll have a reasoning. Uh, Brother L.A., basically what you're saying, oh, but before I make this statement, in that uh, call to uh, the authorities, did I not hear uh, the manager uh, say she has two individuals or, or that they were none two words to you two gentlemen that's the word she used two gentlemen right, right. non-paying customers did I not hear her say that well let, let, let's play it back Hi, how may I help you hi I have two gentlemen in my cafe that are refusing to make a purchase or leave um, yes. I'm at the Starbucks at 18th and Spruce Yes. All right, that's what you said. Yes, yes, right. The, they didn't they they did not purchase anything even if it was a dollar cup of coffee, you know, if you're going to be sitting there. So what you're saying, see they were already already that that was that blew their cover right there. But also what I hear you saying, brother LA, is that they're in cahoots with maybe somebody Higher and it could be Caucasian. And did well, I that, not hear that's you? That's my theory. That that's just my theory. That's all it is to me right now. To me, it's a theory. 
I can't prove it. It's just a theory. I can't prove it either, but you know what, brother L.A. My gut is rolling in in on that direct in that direction as well. You know, it's it is just my gut. Okay, mm-hmm. so I hear what you're saying. All right, now, what do these uh, brothers look like? What what are they young or uh, babies or? Or, or how were they dressed when when you saw them? You um, or well, I mean, Starbucks is casual all the way. Okay, so they were casual. I mean, I don't know what this. Well, yeah, they do have some audio. I mean, they were casually dressed. So I mean, um, they they were. I guess they can be either be millennials or Generation X. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Sister Viata, if you're still listening, please send me posts on my page yesterday's because I want to hear what uh, his delivery of all of this scenario. Okay. Thank you, uh, uh, Brother L.A. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Keep, keep moving. Thank us. Have a blessed mm-hmm. day. I'm listening. Now, to get on the positive side of this, there are um, – uh, Oh, here's another comment. It it seems like on black people like to boycott people because when we're boy, when we talk about boycotting, and this happened during desegregation, when we were doing a lunch counter sit-ins, we weren't going to black lunch counters and supporting them. And during this Starbucks debacle. I don't hear anybody talk about going to black <clears throat> black coffee houses because black coffee houses do exist. But with that said, one idea that Peter had yesterday is if you plan on setting up a coffee house or any particular type of business, have a private member, make it into a, a, a private membership uh, and make it exclusive. And I think with this whole Starbucks debacle, that's a wide open market for people who like the coffee business. Uh, If you already have a coffee house, turn it into a private, private coffee house and sell memberships. So when Pete and part of your membership is when you come in, you can sit there as long as you want, use the bathroom whenever you want, Without buying whatever, it's because it's part of your membership. You have in the membership, as Peter said yesterday, needs to be a strict membership. Which I'm going to take that private membership um, idea and apply it to the schools that we open. Um, but that's another story, another podcast. Um, but anyway, so if these two guys, they'll probably get paid. They'll probably get paid. Hopefully um, they won't blow their money, but I'm sure the press will be following their actions. I hope they don't get like $700,000 or a million dollars each. And, well, hold it. If they do, fine. That, that's. I hope this doesn't happen after they get it. I hope we don't hear a story two, three years from now that they're bankrupt or worse. Why, did it, why do they need to be? 
Tell me something. Why do they need to be paid millions of dollars again? What is this? No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, they, they had, they've hired a lawyer. So, like I said, I'm going by my theory, and all it is is a theory. Everybody's got them at this point. It, I'm looking at it as a corporate shakedown, and these two guys, they already got an apology, but they've hired a lawyer. So if why would you hire a lawyer? And his name is Stuart Cohen. Stuart Cohen, he's a Philadelphia attorney. One of the uh, practices is uh, personal injury. Why would you hire an attorney if you're not going for money? That's my question. They haven't been paid anything yet, but my guess is they will be paid because I'm looking at Starbucks behavior so far. Starbucks has been has been they have allowed themselves to get on the defensive with this black privilege bullshit. Okay. And they, they're looking at if we go to court and fight it, how much is it going to court, cost? So they figure let's just not take the court, sell things out of court and call it a day. So that's my theory that these two gentlemen are going to get paid. And Stuart Cohen, it's interesting that they didn't hire a black lawyer. Uh, you boycotters out there that this, the whole text and the pro-black people, how come they didn't hire a black lawyer? They hired Stuart Cohen. So why why, why is he in the picture? They already got a thank you. I mean, I'm sorry. We apologize for Starbucks. They got that last week. Or this week, rather. Because this whole thing started. This is day eight. So I'm just anticipating that these two guys, matter of fact, is going, is going to be, you know what? I figured that it might be in a ballpark of maybe three a $3 million settlement. I'm just guesstimating because the lawyer is going to get 33% of that. But I just don't know why that. The way people think, they, we're going to see more of this type of behavior if people, they're going to reward this you know kind what? of behavior. I'm so glad you said that because you're a million percent right. See, this is another reason why I think the, the Starbucks CEO made a boo-boo. This is by... By patronizing this 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 race car bullshit, you're gonna get some other people that are gonna to attempt to do the exact same thing. It's encouraging victimhood. Yeah, entitlement. It's encouraging victimhood. Yeah, entitlement. it's encouraging entitlement, victimhood, and uh, oh, you're absolutely right. The fact that it's even gone this far is encouraging victim attitude. Matter of fact, like that's what I'm saying. The, in, in my opinion, the CEO of Starbucks, whoever's in charge of that, prosecute their asses from the get-go. Because the problem well, is all you know, L.A., there's a universal law that says you reap what you sow and what goes around comes around. So I kind of feel sorry for people who are don't have genuine um, truth in their behavior because they're going to get what's coming to them. These, if these young men doing this deceitfully, 
they're going to reap what they sow. Nobody gets away with this. So um, we just watch the show, I well, guess. Cause you know, this, the problem with victimhood, a lot of people who are walking around that, that, that they actually think they're victims. <sighs> That's the, the bad part about, in my opinion, of victimhood, a lot of people walking around that clothes on their back and in good health, they actually think they're victims. Okay. Well, the solution is to be honest, be be women of integrity. Yes, ma'am. Thank you uh, for not closing my mic. You know something, uh, Dr. V and Brother L.A., we're all on this planet to learn. We're all uh, in this boot camp. It is actually a theater and this is this is Robert Mama A Z uh talk or or expressing my reasoning, okay? So it it, it I'm beginning to say what goes what what goes around comes around, yeah, but then there's a flip side of that. We all agreed to be on this stage in on at this boot camp here on, on this planet Earth to to go through these episodes, dramas, reasonings, or whatever you want to call it, so that we can have the experience or experiences of what it feels like to be in a body, a spiritual being in a body. And we're all actors. We're all a part of this. And it's not all what goes around comes around. I go back to this little uh, uh, animation with, uh, what's his name, the conversation uh, with Guy Man, uh, uh, Neil, Neil, Neil Donald Walsh, with uh, the soul and the little son and how these, uh, the bully. And so the, the little guy in this animation, he says, um, we agreed to play this part, and we agreed to uh, have this experience so that I can assist you in remembering who you really are. You're not a bully. You're not a bully. So where I'm thinking at this moment is that those Starbucks brothers uh, had an agreement with everybody that is playing that part to learn a lesson that their soul chose to learn, period. Now, that's my addition to the reasoning. Thank you for allowing me. Thank us. Okay, we got another caller here with a comment. Um, Not, wait a minute. Line 2-0, your mic is open. Nine two zero, your mic is open. Would you open that for me, please? Shalom. Nine two zero, your mic is open. Nine two zero area says your mic is open. Shalom. 
Yeah, your mic is open now, too. Oh, okay. I'm just going to um, give the Unified Resistance Intelligent Movement again for the boycott um, for Amazon. Thanks to the other, that's what we're ta- that's who we're targeting this for next month in June. And we usually do every holiday on the map, on the calendar, on the Greco-Roman calendar. We boycott those holidays by not buying any paraphernalia that relate to that holiday. Because Fourth of July, it should not be celebrated by anybody now in, in this uh, corporation called America because um, that was a day to celebrate independence, and uh, some of your ancestors were still out in the field in 1776. So um, we're not going to do Mother's Day and Father's Day because, as you know, that is a commandment in Scripture to honor your father and mother. So that's May and June. Mother's Day is usually in May, and Father's Day is usually in June. And I don't know why they put the mother first and the father last, maybe because the mother is the beginning of earth and um, of mankind, rather. So we're going to do um, Amazon for May and June. There's no holiday on their calendar that I know of in August, so we're probably going to ask someone to give us another business to target that's not giving back. But we're targeting businesses that are not kind to their workers like Walmart was a couple of years ago. We targeted that four years ago, and they did give their people a raise. However, they shut down the Walmart where most of their employees picked up a picket sign and walked out in front of the store, and they didn't go to work. So to teach them a lesson, they shut that Walmart down. There's a house next door to me that's been abandoned. And uh, the yard, the grass, high as hell and everything. There's a couple of abandoned cars out there beside the house. Well, yesterday I get off work about 7 o'clock. A Mexican guy pulled up. He said, these your cars? I said, no. He said, I just bought this house, man. I said, all right, that's what's up. He was like, you know whose cars these is? He said, no. He said, well, I bought the house, not the cars. Okay, I'm like, cool. I'm thinking he's just coming to look at the house. I go back in the house, do a little straighten up. I swear to God, I walk back at the house. Now, I'm getting off about 7.20. It's fucking nine Mexican trucks just pull up. They got fucking beer, lights. And shit, right? So I'm like, what y'all finna do? He said, we finna fix this house. I said, what kind of crew you got working after 7 o'clock? He said, these my friends. The fucking house is fixed this morning. They went in there and drywalled that fucking house. I just left out of there. It was a fucking abandoned house. That bitch looked new this morning. It was an abandoned fucking house. And it looked new this morning. It's an old African proverb. Many hands make light work. I just don't think they're better than us. 
I just think we won't do nothing together. Wow. You're not hearing what the fuck I'm saying. It was an abandoned house yesterday at 7 fucking 15. That bitches knew this morning. He bought a tax lien house. I can't wait to see what they do. I can't wait to see is one family gonna live in there. Is they gonna? I'm, I'm gonna get to know the motherfuckers. You best believe me when I make some money. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bring us together. And I'm not fucking with a lot of people. What's up, fam? I'm about to make me a quick Res the Ruler video. Remember uh, the video I made about the Mexican house next door uh, and how they got it together? And one day, I cleared this with them. But check this out. When you put the energy out of the universe, it agrees with you. Remember I told you you put those disagreeable forces, the disagreeable forces will respond. Now I'm going next door, and I needed to cook some macaroni for my Christmas gathering. Now I got one kitchen. And it ain't big enough. Watch this. This is my Mexican Mexican family next door. Like I said, I got this cleared. They leave the door open for me to come in here and cook. You understand me? They left the door open. They gone. I don't know when they coming back. I'm in their house cooking, and they up macaroni. Oh, by the way, they did this in one day. Me cooking my macadoses, and they up it. Name of my organization is La Familia. So when I say one God, one people, love don't judge. Period. But I'm right fist up, you dig? I mean it. In here, in the hella black, hella proud shirt. Shout out to Ron Green. In the Mexican house. Almost 4 million shares, views on Facebook. Made it the world star hip hop. I'm in the house by myself. Beautiful family. Come on, man. And asked her, could I make a video? She said, sure. My house is pretty. I love to show it off. All right. I, I look at what those two gentlemen, one of the opportunities that they had before they were asked to leave was they had an opportunity to build some social capital before that manager decided to call 911. But for whatever reason, um, that didn't happen. So anyway, uh, we did a whole week on this. So next week will be, matter of fact, we were actually, uh, we had a, a, a guest, but she couldn't schedule in for this week. So this story, we went on the trending trending the topic thing. So next week it'll probably be something else, but um 
Uh, Viana, I agree with you 100%. I, I hope this uh, does not encourage anybody else to play the race card and trying to get a big payday. Um, because people do copycat. And for black men in particular, some of these black homicides that have occurred, um, I can name two right off the hand that if if you go back and watch the videos, because we live in a cause and effect world. Every effect is a direct result or indirect result sometimes, of a first cause. All right? And in the, in the case of these two gentlemen which in the Starbucks debacle, they were asked to leave. They did not follow the request, and the, the manager of Starbucks was just enforcing the rules of Starbucks. No purchase, you got to bounce. Okay? They ignored the rules, so she had to call the police. Cause and effect. The police show up, they ask three more times. But the supervisor is on top of that. They got arrested. That gives them probable. We didn't say they were innocent or guilty. It just gives them the probable cause to arrest. Once again, cause and effect for not complying to the rules. The late Eric Gardner, who was selling cigarettes illegally in, in uh, what do you call it, New York City, granted, he could have been handled in a different way, but once again, that's the effect. Let's get with the cause. Because his wife even said, right in the presence of, this is on YouTube, in the presence of uh, Al Sharpton, he was late. When you're selling cigarettes illegally on the street, and the, co-op, because the cops have been letting you get away with it for years now, and then one day, when they decide to take you in, you don't hold court out on the street. All right. Non-compliance got him killed. When you have the power, take advantage of your power. Empowering moment with these two gentlemen in Starbucks, they could have taken control. I mean, it's like tennis. The Starbucks is Yes, you you need to leave. They had the power to leave. They didn't leave. Yeah, I wanted to just say, um, you know, I I mentioned this to my 93-year-old dad about the Starbucks thing, and his simple reply was, it's a heart issue. So I think what Mama AZ said and what um, Sister uh, Dereshaw said is relevant, and if we bring it all together, it really is a heart issue. Because even with uh, Eric Gardner, those policemen used excessive force to subdue someone who was doing something illegally. Now he's dead. So it's left for us. All these incidents are to ask ourselves, what is the lesson in all this? It's a hard issue. 
we have to stop hating and using anger and violence as solutions and come up with more reasonable, let's stop buying, uh, spending all our money at one corporation, for instance. I totally agree with, with Dershaw about Am- Stop buying from Amazon. It's become a monster. We are feeding the monster when we buy continually buying from these huge corporations, not treating their employees fair, that are not practicing. So we just have to learn all these lessons. Mama AZ is right about how we, these people signed up for what this, the stage performance, we're all watching this performance, the media manipulating people to de- keep us divided. So it's time for us to wake up and start being wiser, more compassionate, and use our heart issue of love and, com- and wisdom and forgiveness and stop being sucked into this massive uh, conspiracy, really, to keep us all dumbed down and sick and divided. That's what I see happening. So wake up, people. Well, Time to wake up. Thank you. I also think, that, like, like, say, in the case of these two gentlemen, now they, they're living. But the Walter, Walter Scott, who got, now he got shot in the back, but he ignored the police request, stay in your car. Because there was another yeah, we, man we, in Walter Scott. Yeah, car. pattern. So it's a pattern here. He didn't here. follow the instructions. These two black gentlemen didn't follow instructions. Eric Gardner didn't follow instructions. And Mike Brown didn't follow instructions. That's, what, four black people that could have been living that they basically followed instructions. Now, I already know somebody saying in the peanut gallery, there have been some cases of black men getting shot unarmed for apparently on the surface no reason. Okay. But I'm talking about in the cases I just named, there's four lives that, I mean, well, the two gentlemen are still living. So there's three lives. Eric Gardner could have been living. Mike Brown could have been living. Walter Scott could have been living. Once again, cause and effect. Well, the reason Mike they Brown see those who got shot, L.A., because they, a, lot of them, a lot of those officers had PTSD. We can't leave that out. They got they got police officers in uniform who were dead. I agree 100. In the case of Walter Scott, once again, there were two black men in that car. One followed the instructions. He's still living. Walter Scott, who was probably scared because he had warrants out, you know, he ran. He did. He he did not comply with the officer's request. The other guy did. Okay, see, by staying in the car, you're in power. You're in control of our responsibility for us living every day on an individual basis is on us, on an individual one-on-one basis. The police is not in charge of keeping us alive. The government's not in charge of keeping us alive. We, on an individual basis, is in charge of keeping us alive. Because like I said, I've been asked to leave the Kinkos. Did I argue, question why, give them calls to call the police? No. That was my power. I'm still in control. Five, six years ago, I was held in contempt of court in court. Now, did I argue with the judge, give the U.S. Marshals any calls to kick my ass? No. I'm still alive. So, by complying doesn't make you weak. 
by complying keeps you alive. It's your power to keep on living because nobody's in charge of your life but you. It's as simple as that. Uh, Brother L.A., am I still there? Yeah, you're still open. I really appreciate you making that statement. If you don't say anything else ever again while you're on this planet, that's gospel right there. We are the only ones, us, who, whatever, who, whoever, whatever house you're walking in, and I don't mean the house that, that was built. I mean this body. We are responsible. And these are lessons. Yes, we, we are responsible. Not and we're see, I don't buy it, me personally. I don't buy these into, are lessons. Yeah. These are lessons. I, for me personally, I don't buy into what I call I don't buy into what I call the myth of white supremacy. Because if I believe in that, that means I'm I, I, I feel inferior. I don't feel that way. I don't I don't feel inferior to anybody. So I don't buy into the myth of white supremacy. I don't buy into the, right. the, the whole thing of um, uh, racism has any effect on my life. So, um, but that's me. But we, we're giving um, too many, it was not all of us, are giving too much power to outside sources. So just because you comply doesn't mean you're weak. And African-Americans also, we had to really start looking at things from a Darwin perspective, survival of the physics. We here, as African-Americans, on a genetic level, we are the direct result, and I'm going I'm to throw slavery in this, on this one in, in a different way. In our DNA, we are the byproduct of people that were the strongest physically, the most intelligent, that survived all the horrific things that happened during slavery. Our ancestors survived that, and we're the byproduct of that. So where is the, that is supreme. There can't be any more supremacy than that. Oh, Brother L.A., preach it. Yes. Oh, Brother Ellie, I love you. I love us. You understand it? It is a myth. It's a myth. That's all it is. It's a myth. Yes. Go ahead, preach it. Preach it. Yes. That's what It's My House is all about, y'all. Wait, you fuck up, y'all. Listen. Listen. Our ancestors, the smart, on that vocabulary, listen, listen at, the, at the slave ships coming over. Our ancestors, hmm. I mean, can you imagine the, we, you know what, we can't imagine the stench of laying side by side on a slave ship in darkness. No ventilation, hardly. Pee and urine. People sick. Our ancestors survived that. But that's just one part of it. 
Now, We're are you sure about work. that? Are you clear? Are you clear about that, Brother L.A.? Here we go. Back to Dane Calloway. Are you clear about that? We, they survived it in order to carry on to another generation. Because you had ones that, that died and were thrown overboard. Our ancestors survived that. Then you had other ones that were beat, that were maimed, that were raped. They survived that for another generation. And then they bred people that you wonder why the NBA is, what, 75% black or the NFL is 75% black? Because, and then we do well in the Olympics and sports in general, is because we had ancestors that were running for their lives. You know, a hundred yard, a hundred meter dash or a hundred yard dash or two hundred yard dash is one thing, or even a Boston Marathon, which is twenty six miles, is one thing. We are the direct descendants of, of ancestors who ran the length of a state. They had to outrun people the length of a state to survive. We had to learn how to eat because nature provides the grocery store. Nature, you know, you know, we had to learn how to identify food in the wild. What works and what don't work. Some died after they ate some berries. Some didn't. So we here on this podcast today, that African American, you can't name up. Talk about blue blood. It's up. So that's why I don't believe in the thing of white supremacy. I don't buy into it. I don't buy it. The whole thing of white privilege, I don't buy into that either. Uh, 920, you're back on. Your mic is open. Yeah, what happened? I was just getting into a roll on my little boycott thing. But anyway, thank you for bringing me back on, Brother L.A. Uh, my phone has cut off from this show four times this morning. Not, and I didn't have my oh, hand raised when it cut off. So I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I just want your listeners to join in. It, it's not going to cost anything. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to spend anything. We're asking you to keep your money in your pocket. Is that so hard? Not to support something that's not supporting you? That's been our problem. And, Brother Elliot, it's not like you have Stockholm Syndrome. You need to look it up and see. I know you're intelligent, so you should know what Stockholm Syndrome is when you identify with the person that's beating you, no matter, you know. Yeah, but I, I, know, I, don't, I don't see how anybody in 2018, African-American, because, see, you have Jamaican-Americans. They, they have ancestors on the ship, too, okay? You got Bayesian-Americans. They were on the ship, too. You got Brazilian uh, people. They were on the ship, too. You got black Mexicans. They want to stay in this were on the ship too. Okay. And it's, uh, I have an aunt. I have an aunt. She's 102 years old. Now, if she's not crying white supremacy, and she was born 51 years after slavery was abolished, if she's 102 and she doesn't get into the thing of white supremacy, how come somebody who's 22 does? 
Because maybe his ancestor was a, um, wait a minute, she's asking me that question. Maybe his ancestor was a house Negro. Now, you know there was a house Negro and a field Negro. Why do you think they named the football field, field? Because you're still in the field doing time. And it's a form of modern-day slavery. We got to wake up, just like Mother AZ said, wake up. Well, I've been on this call trying to give you a solution to the problem. I didn't make up the solution. The most high did it. He gave it to Martin Luther King, and now it works. So I'm trying to do the same thing, and I'm not doing this on my own. There are other people. I've been on at least five calls this week giving this information. And I thought that the host, not you particularly, but all the hosts when I don't come on or the other brother don't come on, they would tell people when they first come, don't order anything from Amazon. Amazon treat their workers like the Gestapo. I read it on the Internet. Just look it up and click on Controversies with Amazon, and you're going to see that they have a, their, their supervisors are like the um, man that had the whip in slavery, the overseer. So you got to look up. I wouldn't tell you. I got this from Viata, but I'm intelligent enough not to take what she's saying, run with it. I researched it, and it's true. They do not pay their workers. They have them in sweat factories. And the, one of the main factories in Philadelphia, that's where they say it's run like the Gestapo. And if those people don't produce, they're gone. Timer on them. And if they don't get those orders out in time, they, they um, get rid of them. So I wouldn't be here giving you this uh, business that we're targeting. I'm not telling you to target um, Warren Buffett. Because Warren Buffett got the message five years ago, and he's been telling all rich people, give back to the community, give back to the masses. He, somebody's telling him something what to do to save his neck, because there, even if there was no God, nature going to balance itself out, L.A. It's going to balance itself out. And we got to stand up and stop being afraid and stop having Stockholm Syndrome. I don't. I have a lot of Caucasian friends, just like they say. Well, I have a lot of Negro friends, but I still have to put them through a check and balance. I say you can't be my friend unless you pass my I test. Didn't see any, you, I didn't see any African Americans in 2013. You can't relate them because we had none of us on this line who was slave. Not one of us. Not one well, of us has sat on slave uh, because there is a problem with. One group, uh, they don't know what's going on. This is the beast, having people separate each other. Now, now it's not that they got white against black. They got black against black now. Look at look at the two opinions on this phone. They know these people are masters at what they do. They've been doing it for thousands of years. Well, no, 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 wait a minute. In my opinion, we got look, they don't have nothing to do with it. Personal responsibility. Okay, brother. Well, let's say we uh, let's say we go by the law. Let's say we use the law like you always talking about. Let's say we go yeah. by the law, and every time you say, "Okay, I'm gonna follow the law," and you get a way to have an upper hand like tax cuts, they change the law on you. The people at the top change the law on you. You know that's the law. Look how they change. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. First thing, the way the laws have changed is everybody has an opportunity to participate in the process. You can introduce a law. 
If you don't, if you, well, you tell that to Donald if you Trump. want to, if, hold on, if you want to introduce the law, if you want to introduce the law, if you want to introduce the law, you have to have a lobbyist. You have to go and get exactly. a bill passed, and you got to go through exactly. all of that stuff. In the meantime, they still shoot you in the back while you take 10 years to get a law passed. Trump is doing things in that White House right now, and he's not going through the branches of the government. He's just doing it willy-nilly like Hitler. And he's a dictator. Same, and you can do the exact same I don't want to be like You Donald might not Trump. be able to no do it in New York City. You might not be able to do it in New York City. But there are plenty of places in the United States where you can you can probably do it in a, a smaller town, like small towns, which is the reason why I've gone rural. I'm you doing go it to a now with the boycott, brother L.A. Well, I'm doing What's it that? with the boycott because once they get once we get these people attention, letting them know that we want right, what's you know what, uh, A real boycott since you done bought up Star, not Star Bucks, Amazon. A real boycott of Starbucks Amazon. Starbucks is going to be in August. We no, no, no. Here's here's what a bo- a real boycott a real boycott of Amazon is Amazon employees not working. That's a real. We boycott don't of want Amazon. them to do that because that's what the Walmart people did, and they closed the place down. Why would I jeopardize those people's job telling them to take well, off work? Right, we can right, do if you, right, if you want to, all right. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. If you want, because we're in a free enterprise system. If you want to have a cup, if you want to see a company, a retail company, online company, whatever you want, if you want to see that that treats what you define as the employees fair, thing for you to do, and you got the power to do it right now, start a company that does that. LA, you haven't even That's let me you... finish what I'm supposed This is not just about employees. This is also about getting justice. Because once they see you got finding, sure, one of us, two of us, a thousand of us don't have the money to go up against the beat. But if we stop talking like you talking and listen to what I'm saying, I'm telling you something that's already been done and, and was successful. I'm not telling you to get out there and march in the street or go and take your, put your job on the line because if they fire you unjustly, at least you can get unemployment. I'm not talking about that. The big picture, we're, this movement started because Mike Brown laid in that street for four hours, the same time it takes to cook a fat turkey, and that's the message they were sending. Just let him lay there. I count the hours. I watched that boy lying. Now, Mike Brown also robbed his store before he got let shot. Mike Brown daughter. also fought the, the police when he shot And Mike Brown also disobeyed his mother, and that's probably why he died as a young man, because the scriptures say if you don't honor your father and mother, you will die early. So let I'm not disagreeing with you on some of this stuff, but you when a, when a person presses a button, they want to talk. You've been talking for two hours. You have guests that want to get there. I don't like to debate the truth. I'm speaking truth here. I'm not telling you something I guess. I went through the movement. My mother and father had to sign papers for me to go to integrated school. So I'm not telling you something that I got willy-nilly. I'm trying to show you through my life what works. Marching doesn't work. Having a million-man march and spending a billion dollars, we could have took that billion dollars and put it into, we could have bought a state like like President Pleasant Stephens always telling us. We could have bought a state with that $1 billion that Louis Farrakhan had those people. And he did it twice. And then he got the women to do a march. All of that money, hotel money, 
food money. They could somebody in the financial thing, you in law. Some people who know economic should have said in the far movement, oh, you come into the march, send that money to this bank. We're going to use that money for uh, uh, to buy steak so we can have our own little sovereign place within this, within this corporation. This is not a country anymore. You know that as well as I do. We got to deal with money with these people. That's all they understand. That's all they understand. They don't understand you saying Black Lives Matter. Because black doesn't even mean black in the etymology of languages. It means pale, white. Look it up. Thanks to Yafa Bay, a Moorish woman, she has it all over the Internet. Get your dictionaries and look up the definition of words and stop saying stuff that's killing you. When you tell somebody good morning, you're actually telling them to have a good morning. What do people do at a funeral? They mourn. What do they do when they sad? They mourn. So when you say good morning, I learned this from that woman that Moorish woman, and I stopped using certain words, like happy. Happy is an Egyptian god, and if you are a person that don't believe in other gods and you've got one god, you're calling a god. Everything we say, happy New Year, happy Mother's Day, happy, happy, happy. You're actually calling up a, a god from the Nile River. That These people have been strategically doing this stuff since about almost 2,000 years. I mean, 5,000 since the Egyptian times. This whole country is based on Egyptian culture. Look at the pyramid at the Washington Monument. That's a pyramid on top of that monument. So when, it, when Mother L.A. said, wake up, I'm going to do my best to wake my brothers and sisters up because we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not that we don't get the knowledge because we reject it. Like I hear you doing with this boycott. Now, I guarantee you said you like shopping with Amazon. Go to Groupon. There's something called Alibaba. Alibaba in Amazon running neck to neck in sales and product and productivity. Alibaba, I don't want to deal with them either. But in order to wake Amazon up, and they need to give back to these causes that melanin people are going through. That's going to be our demand. We want policemen to be circumspect when they go and arrest somebody. How could you go and arrest somebody for selling cigarettes and he end up dead on the street? And I saw what they did to um, that young man in New York. They choked him. He kept saying, I can't breathe. I don't care what reason they was arresting him for a penny, any crime, selling cigarettes. I lived in New York for a while, and people do that all the time. They go to Jersey and come back because Jersey don't have certain taxes. So if the problem I didn't not, say the police were right in that. The, the police, the, well, I, I didn't say the police were right. Eric Gardner shouldn't have no, 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 no. it that way. I didn't say the police were right. The, the, the police, uh, as Viata said, they went overboard with that. What I'm saying is Eric Gardner, as a black man, because I'm a black man, Eric Gardner had the power. He had the power when it when it went because he was warned several times. He ignored it. Okay, that's all on Eric Gardner for ignoring. And what then when it came to the time. Was he going to get a public defender, a public defender that's on the side of the court? He didn't have money to go get a grand lawyer like Michael Jackson and and, and, um, uh, O.J. Simpson. Eric Gardner had the opportunity to, look, I've said it on this show several times, and I'll say it again right now. I was taking three times. Now, when I was, when I was, when they're about to, caught me off to jail for contempt of court three times, five, six years ago. All right. With my house stack in case in D.C. I could have cussed the judge out. 
I could have fought the, the United States Marshal, but I had the power not to do that and to stay alive. And well, even you to probably put had the, money the to get a good attorney. Of, to, to put the that house negro in the contest. House negro basically had me. enough sense to stay alive. So what? what because he, he what knew he Eric didn't Gardner, have a chance in that court. Eric, he knew Eric, he didn't no, have a chance. Eric Gardner had the opportunity to peaceably get arrested and hold court in court. But he decided he wanted to hold court on the street. Once you because give he away didn't, your are you power, listening? The money that they spent at that march could have gone into a legal defense fund. I'm trying to explain to you. We got to get their attention. Well, how much money did you pocket. put into the legal defense fund for Eric Gardner? He didn't have how anything much money set did you up put that in, I know of. How much money did you put into the legal defense fund for Eric Gardner? Oh, I'm they had a legal defense fund. Did they have a legal defense fund for Eric Gardner, L.A.? I doubt it. You, 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 I doubt you, it. What you're doing right now is a form of Stockholm Syndrome because you're closing your eyes to facts. The man didn't have the, the money to hire a lawyer like O.J. Simpson and got off for murder if he did it because I don't believe he did it. I we don't know what Eric Gardner had. But while That's he, right, look, but he while he was living, look, while he was living, while he was living, Eric Gardner had enough money to get a license to sell cigarettes. Come on, $100. How do you know? $100. Do you know? And, and once he gets a license to sell a cigarette, because, see, you get me off the subject of the boycott, and I don't like that. I want to finish this boycott so I can let you have your program back. All we ask okay, sister, sister, keep your money. sister, this is Mama AZ Paris calling you from Phoenix, Arizona. I want to interject just a quick moment here. Uh, Brother L.A., I'm not taking up for him, but I wholeheartedly disagree with that uh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome uh, uh, situation that you feel uh, that he that he has. No, it is not. I well, agree. Well, you explain what it is, Mother, well, before you we say that? We all choose to have these journeys, sister. We but all choose to have these journeys on this talk. planet. This is a doggone boot camp, okay? And this is Brother L.A.'s show. He can conduct but it however he feels. But that this this is Mama A.Z., and I don't mean no disrespect. But he can conduct however he feels. He can block you out if he wants to. He can block me out if he wants to. However, he's being courteous enough not to do that. He's bringing information. I'm trying to finish what I'm trying to give you all a solution for your problem. And here you talking about something that you have no definition for. Give me the definition. I want Mother L.A. Mother L.A., I want Mother AZ to give me a definition for Stockholm Syndrome. She might not even know what it is and talking against it. See, that's what I'm you know saying. What? I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up right now. Stockholm Syndrome. I'm, I'm going to look it up Thank, right Look now. it up while I finish giving my little uh, boycott thing because I'm just doing something that has worked. A form of insanity is to keep doing something and it doesn't work. I'm not insane. I know that boycotting works. So I'm on this phone asking you all 
to just, it's just so hard to keep your money in your pocket. You act like I'm asking you to commit a crime, like the government's doing every time one of these boys is shot down. And, and you saying you a man, well, Sandra Bland wasn't a man, and she's dead, according to the fake news. Sandra Bland. Look, Sandra, hold on, since you brought it up, up Sandra Bland would have been alive if she would have kept her fucking mouth shut. That's what see, got her arrested. See, her how that, see what you see? You saying that, but you don't. That woman went to that state, had a new employment. She and was you happy. Know what? All she had no idea. Oh, oh. She had no oh, idea oh, she was going to oh, die you know that day. Since you, oh, oh, since no you brought up Sandra Bland, her mother didn't send her the five hundred dollars bail money. Did you send her any bail money? Did you send Sandra Bland any bail money? Don't talk all this Sandra Bland <laughs> shit. If you didn't send her no, don't ever back after she's dead. Did you send her any bail money? Unfortunately, L.A., everybody don't have money like you. I'm a senior. I'm retired. No, no, no. Well, I, it, oh, bail money. Did you send her two cents? Did you send her two cents? Did you get on blog talk radio and solicit money for Sandra Bland's $500 bail money? L.A., I could tell you missing the point of what I'm saying because I just said when I started out, one person might not have enough money to bring down the beat. But if we all come together and uh, put our little funds together, not giving it away, keeping it. Am I asking you something that's going to break you or make you? You keep asking me to give money out. I'm asking you to keep your money in your pocket. I'm letting you. I'm sharing my platform. You made that clear that that you like Amazon. Listen, listen, listen. You listen. made it clear that you, you like the You and the other and others want to boycott in your way. All right, hold on. It's not just the You Yada. want to boycott Amazon. And I don't have no problem with you announcing it. Well, I don't have no problem with you announcing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not well, going to do it. Finish but if what you want to well, do it, you can well, you haven't given me a chance to finish, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm because one person on this call. line, but you keep interrupting. Hey, I, you know I what? I'm going to mute. All right. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mute my wife, my 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 uh, mic. I'm going to mute my Thank wife. You. I'm going to let you say what you got to say, and then after you say that, I'm going to read the definition of Stockholm syndrome. So. Oh, you okay. want to hear a beat? That's me. me. I'm, I'm going to mute my wife. I mean, my wife, not my mic. Okay, it's, it's mute. I'm, go ahead and talk. I'm muting my wife. That sound, I mean, that's me muting my wife, my mic. Okay, thank you. That's all I ask you because I don't like to debate, especially on a call like this. I called you, I checked, I sent you a text, so we wouldn't talk like this on this phone. Because you know what? That, you got, we got five is, minutes left, so go ahead to talk now. Five, got five minutes left. See, the thing about what's been on this line right now, uh, uh, listeners, is just what the beast wants us to do. Go at each other on a, a, a difference of opinion. I don't like that. I don't even usually, I usually hang up when it gets to this level, but I've been trying to get this out. For, for two weeks now on this call, the first time I wasn't interrupted as much as I am now, and people um, just all we're asking you to do, 
this this method has worked before. I wouldn't tell you to do something insane because the form of insanity is doing the same thing and getting a, a opposite result of what you want. Now we know boycotting works. Just look through your history book. Marching doesn't work. Even the law doesn't work because if it worked, those people that kill um, Emmett Till would have went been had their life taken. Those two people that kill Emmett Till. So don't tell me to go to court when the cards are stacked against the melanin man. Eric Gardner could not have fought that system with the uh, public defender. You got to have money for everything to get what you want. OJ proved that. Michael Jackson proved that. And Bill Cosby's going to prove it too. Because when he did that hand side and pointed down with that pyramid, he was asking for the establishment to show him mercy. You got to look this stuff up. And, and all of this uh, talk about we can't, we are powerless. We're not powerless if we come together as a fighting unit and stop being um, intimidated by the system. We got to stop feeding the beast. The first beast we're going to stop, Amazon. Amazon is trying to become a monopoly. They put mostly every online shopping network um, uh, losing their um, business. That's the same thing they did to the mom and pop stores. They move into your neighborhoods and put your little aunt's uh, confectionery store out. They put your little grandmother's uh, uh, soul food restaurant out. This is a, a beast you're dealing with. This is a song. You're not tiptoeing through the tulips with this thing. You got to fight money with money. And Ellie keeps saying, did you do this? Did you do that? Did he do it? Did he send any money to any organization? I don't know. But I know if we could put our little $20 here and $30 here, 142 or 45 million people, you got $45 million if everybody put a dollar. Spending a billion dollars on a march when that money could go into a specific fund. Everybody that went to that Washington, D.C. could have put that money in a special account. And Louis Farcon being a leader, that's what he should have told. He said, I know, he could say, I know. The million man march, but the money you would—they can't say I don't have the money because they were already planning to come. Take that money you were going to come to this march with, and I have a fund set up for legal defense, for people losing their homes, for seniors when they don't have the money, like 401ks and stuff to survive off of. That's what we need to do. And I guarantee you, if if Donald Trump could say that Amazon needs to be targeted, which he did, Amazon lost 6% of their revenue. Now, to you, 6% might not be a lot. It might not be a lot. But when you got $600 billion, 6% is a lot of money to lose. So all I'm asking your listeners to do, starting right now, because it should have started a week ago, because Ellie let me present this a week ago, Tell your family, friends, and your loved ones, your enemy, too, not to deal with Amazon. There are two other sites they can go to, Alibaba, and they could go to Groupon, and there's something called Marketplace.com, and there's a bunch of melanin companies they could deal with. Sure, you're going to pay a little bit more money, but the money you're saving from the boycott, you can support your brothers and sisters, Latino, Chinese, whatever. Our money don't stay in our neighborhood one hour. That's what the statistics say. And the Chinese money stay in their neighborhood for almost 42 days or something like that. I might have the figures wrong, but I'm telling you, the figures for us keeping our money with our black community is much less 
than, than going to these other stores. We got two businesses where I'm standing right now, two others. We got a woman who sold and a woman down the street that sell confectionery. I bet that black people pass her store and go to Family Dollar right down the street. A mom and pop sister, and that woman lets people come in and credit, like our mom and pop stores used to do a long time ago. We got to get rid of the beef so these mom and pop businesses can open back up again and make a living. You know where your mom and pop businesses are now? At the flea market, because that's where I go to sell my products. That's where they are. They can't compete with Amazon, but all of us together could compete. So the first boycott is May and June. That's Amazon. Then July. Don't buy any Fourth of July paraphernalia. No red, white, and blue. No. Be with your family. Don't barbecue, though. Please don't barbecue, because they used to call it picnic. Now, Darius, picnic. Uh, we, we, Darius, uh, Darius, uh, we ran out of time. I, I let you have the whole five minutes. We ran out, out of time. Well, can I get yeah, to the last? I want to let them know about uh, 4th of July, then August we're going to do well, there, uh, Starbucks. I, I Starbucks I'll tell you what, Monday, Monday, I, I tell you what, Monday, Darius, uh, I'm going I'm to let you hold court, okay? I'm going to introduce you. And I'll bring the brother on with me. If you don't bring mind. your guest, and then we'll okay. no no no, and then uh, after that we'll we'll pick up Stockholm syndrome. Oh, you don't but have anyway. time to give a brief definition of it. No. Well, we're out of recording time, so let me uh, well, read it real quick because I don't want. All right, hold up, real quick. Okay. Stockholm syndrome. I'm reading off of Wikipedia. Stockholm syndrome okay. is a condition that causes uh, hostages to develop. A psychological alliance with their captors as, as a survival strategy during captivity. These feelings resulting from a bond formed between the captor and the captives during intimate time spent together are generally considered irrational in light of the danger or risk uh, endured by the victims. Generally speaking, Stockholm Syndrome consists of strong emotional ties that develop between two persons where one person is intimately uh, harasses, beats, threatens, abuses, intimidates the other. The, F- the FBI's hostage barricade database system shows that roughly 8% of the victims were evidence of Stockholm syndrome. So Monday, after you, you know, do what you do, we're going to go into Stockholm syndrome. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm out of time for the day because, like, the recording time. But we'll pick back up on this Monday. And Monday, okay. I'm going to beat my mic and let, you, and let you say what you got to say, okay? And bring your guests. Thank They're you. They're welcome home. Thank okay? you. Okay. Thank you, right. Ellie. Have a good Have week. a blessed week. Thank you.